Welcome to the next episode of Solihull Council's new podcast series hosted by me, David Gregory Kumar. Now, in the lead up to COP26, the leader of the council, Councillor Ian Court, is chatting with a range of guests about what the council and local businesses and organisations are doing in the fight against climate change. And today we are talking about energy. Now, if you've been following these podcasts, you'll be relieved to know I got an emergency dentist appointment and I have had my filling fixed. Uh, I've got a haircut, but now my back hurts. And that's the problem really, isn't it? We've always got something else to be thinking about when we should be trying to focus more on what's happening with climate change and what we can all do. And the point of these podcasts is to go on a little bit of a journey and explore with people who know about what's going on, what we can all be doing, be it in our personal lives, or maybe if we've got companies, or if we've got uh, schools, what we can be doing to be better and tac- at tackling climate change. So today it's about energy. As ever, at the head of the table, and very much not banging it in this episode, is Councillor Ian Courts. Councillor Courts, what do we need to know about energy? Okay, well, first of all, can I just introduce myself? Yes. Um, I'm leader of Solihull Council and have the portfolio uh, for um, the economy, uh, but also in the combined authority under Andy Street, I have the portfolio for um, environment, energy and and HS2. So, you know, a few words on energy, first of all, uh, from me. And at the end of the day, energy is the issue about climate change, isn't it? Because we are using far too many uh, fossil fuels to uh, create that energy. And it, it's, you know, it's not just in the transport we use, it's heating our buildings, and we're going to uh, talk more about that. But it's also the food we eat, uh, the food, the products we use, all of which need to be made, and, and transporting around the place. And um, to me, uh, energy is at the heart of all this. It's There is a hierarchy about uh, avoid, um, reuse, recycle. And, and that is really quite important uh, generally. There's also issues about uh, to tackle climate change. We are going to need scale. We're going to need large product projects. We're also going to need a lot of people and a lot of organisation doing a lot of other things. And uh, what we're cr- increasingly finding is there's no uh, silver bullet to all uh, these problems. Uh, I mean, let's let's go back to energy. I mean, there are alternatives uh, to fossil fuels, and increasingly uh, we're looking at them. I mean, we're using electricity um, for many things, and there are um, there there are wind. Um, sources of energy, uh, wave even, the solar panels, and there's all of those things. And there's also hydrogen, which is a very interesting and capturing the imagination, imagination much more. Uh, because when hydrogen burns, it just produces water. Um, and, you know, which is, is really important because there's no carbon being emitted uh, into the atmosphere. Uh, the problem is making uh, hydrogen and there are various ways of doing it which I'm not going to get into now but fundamentally um, you know a lot of it is very similar to what I was uh, when I was a, a young person at school uh, making hydrogen in the um, in the the lab at school and I will not go into the slight problem when I nearly blew up my house and with burning sulfur on the walls I will not go there now but it just shows how difficult these things can be be so um, maybe, maybe not in the hands of the professionals. Maybe they'll be okay with hydrogen, or, or older people, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just just before I, um, you know, move on, I think um, electricity is at the, you know, the 
is the key to so many things and and i think you know ev cars as we get onto the transport is a is an important uh, issue but one of the things i believe we have to keep doing is trying new ideas uh new solutions and i, I can talk about a couple of things that we are doing uh in solihull and one of those is our energy network we've got a town center energy ne uh, network that at the moment uh that we are planning uh and it's still in the you know quite an advanced advanced viability stage and the the idea is there'll be a um a central uh hub where we create um, energy from various renewable uh, sources like air source um, heat pumps, pumps heat pumps yeah basically I think I look at it as a reverse refrigerator because I've always struggled to understand how these things work but it's I'm not sure that makes anything clearer I think people can't work that out either you're not okay do you want me to explain it or <laughs> go on, quick, just quickly <laughs> well it's you know a refrigerator works by uh, taking heat out of uh, the uh, air, the air in the fridge, um, and basically what um, these heat um, source pumps do is to take uh, the heat um, out of the air, or it could be the ground, uh, and then I think they do things with it, compress it and whatever, and generate more heat, and then pass water through it, and that, that's where the water, uh, hot water comes from. That Roughly that's it. Pretty good. Okay, so what we want to do is create one of these uh, centres uh, in, in, in the town centre, and, um, and then we can uh, plug in a number of uh, buildings, public sector buildings, some private, um, you know, to, to, to have a central renewable type source of heat. That's one thing we're doing. Uh, in Solihull, uh, going to something completely different uh, we have a green homes grant program uh, for householders that live in uh, energy inefficient uh, properties and they can claim a grant for uh, up to ten thousand pounds to cover a range of energy uh, improvements uh, to their homes there's, there's income limits on, on these things uh, obviously but it's a it's a i see it as being really important one of the issues about energy is, is fuel poverty actually uh, a really difficult issue there's lots of it in you know across the country in west middle thing has probably more than average and you know if we can help people with energy problems we can help with fuel poverty which helps their lives and that to me is very important i'll pause there because i've spoken for a long time now there's lots there's lots to go out there you set out a, a smorgasbord of energy topics we can uh, tackle and dig into also joining us around the table today uh, rachel jones chief executive act on energy and phil mcdermott city energy transformation lead n power i'll start with you rachel what do you do what don't we do okay. is a, a really good description. Um, as you said, yeah, I'm from uh, Acton Energy and we're a, predominantly an energy advice centre. So we support local residents with all their energy advice issues, particularly around the home. So our specialist area is home energy. So that's what we're really there to do. Whether that be problems with fuel bills, so particularly at the moment, we all know there's a, a, a big challenge with um, particularly coming into the winter for residents with their fuel bills. So we will support people on what they can do how to do with their energy supplier if they're having challenges we have also got a very small pot of funding um i use the word very small but actually it's quite a good pot of money um to actually help people that are really at a crisis you should point. say that in front of him if it's small say it's small because you can get something changed no, actually, actually it's, it's a good it's a growing pot so it's fantastic but it's fantastic for residents really so it's really there to help those that are in debt and in a crisis um and really need some guidance but also for those that potentially have turned their 
heating on this winter and there's nothing there because what we don't want them to be doing is plugging in electric heating um, not only from a carbon point of view but from a cost point of view that is colossal for, for residents and also puts their health at, at risk so we're really giving advice around fuel bills but equally also advice on energy efficiency yeah. so really about how can you keep your home warmer therefore use less carbon um so really advice from everything from again what funding is out there really linking to what councillor courts was saying there for the green home um grant scheme said that what funding is available what support is out there and really talking to residents about what that really means there's a lot of talk at the moment about whole house retrofit mm-hmm. um, and for a lot of people what is that what we'll is retrofit that, yeah. so you know so we're there to help people for that process yeah. from real little what we call baby steps you know from you know just doing small things right the way up to you know the full scale what we'd call a retrofit assessment where you can have a sort of 25 year plan of what you might want to do to your home mm. so it's really about all of us working together so we're there really to try and provide that sort of impartial advice so we're, we're not linked to anybody um we're a charity and a um, charitable organization so it's really there to we're there to help people go people yeah. yeah okay there's lots there as well also here is phil mcdermott city energy transformation lead for eon but i still sometimes think of them as n power as well so sorry uh, phil if i flip between the two in the course of this podcast Thank you very much. Yes, um, that's a that's that's a great introduction, and I think uh, it's a fairly rude introduction. Say. I'm sorry. But, so, what do you do? What's the day job? Uh, well, effectively, my my role is to work with cities, work with local authorities, large organisations um, in partnership, um, and this is the important part of this: is you know the energy transition that we have to take as a as a country, um, and, and and as organisations ourselves has to be done in partnership. There is nothing we can do mm. solely ourselves. Um, we need the expertise and the input of international partners, the funding of international partners, but we also need uh, the local knowledge, the assets, and the access to uh, policy and planning instruments from the local authority and from cities in order to. Um, to identify the most appropriate way to deliver the energy transition. So you're looking locally. at sort of bigger sort of city centre schemes or sort of, you know... Absolutely, yeah. So so this is all about actually how do we integrate energy solutions across a city or across a, across a town, across a, across a region mm. in the most effective, efficient way to enable us to um, reduce energy bills locally, be it businesses, be it domestic, be it households, uh, improve health, improve the health of local people, address fuel poverty, um, as as he as has pointed out, and, and and create jobs, create opportunities for people long term to get involved, to create apprenticeship schemes, training opportunities. It's all about how we can join those things up and actually really help energy to create a circular economy I mean, in the locality. We were in an earlier podcast. We talked to some great guys from uh, ZF, formerly Lucas, and one of the things they said. I think maybe actually off air actually, but they were saying they had a surprising amount of help from their energy company in reducing their energy consumption. Why are you trying to reduce energy consumption as an energy company? I think that we want you know my day job is at the BBC, and we want people to keep watching the BBC. I think yeah, the fact is that effectively the um, you know that with the energy transition, what's going to happen is effectively um, electricity consumption is going to increase Mm. exponentially. Um, There's going to be huge demand for energy for, and for electricity in particular as we transition from um, gas boilers to heat pumps and to other technologies. So actually the, the, there's going to be a huge increase in, in electricity consumption. The cost of that is going to be unsustainable for anyone. Mm. We ha- our, our duty is to make sure that people are using it in the most efe- efficient, cost-effective way possible mm. so that we can address 
um, the issues that I mentioned, but also so that we can be the most efficient and effective in what we're doing uh, as a society and as an organisation to help deliver our targets as a net zero yeah, in, in terms of net zero as a country. Mm. Um, so, so it's a big responsibility. There's a lot, yeah. So councillor courts, as ever, you are the nexus that everything revolves around. The, you set out, you know, you talked about everything from green homes grants right through to the, what you're doing in the town centre. This is what it is. It's you, it all revolves around what the council thinks they might be doing. You can help everyone here. Yes, but it doesn't revolve totally about around the action that we're taking. Okay. Uh, I think probably our role... Uh, is as a catalyst to encourage and urge on others to take action. Now, you know, listening to uh, both Rachel and Phil, it, it's really impressive. I mean, one of the problems, I mean, is confusion. Mm -hmm. Confusion. We've had issues during the pandemic about confused messaging. And, you know, anybody listening to me earlier, maybe my description of um, um, heat... Uh, a heat pump? Heat pump. Wasn't the worst I've heard. Okay, but... What we've got from Rachel is advice. And, you know, there's a lot of people that that advice is so important because mm -hmm. a lot of people want say, well, I want to do my bit, but what can I do? And, and you know, that's what Rachel's doing. So, you know, that is such an invaluable role. And then you have the, the, from the technical side hearing uh, Phil uh, as well. For, you know, he's, he's at the heart of this, um, you know, trying to generate good, uh, efficient um, energy use because, you know, I, I, the answer to the question I, I, I I'll give for him is good service, is, is good business, is better profits. Mm. Um, you know, it isn't all about increasing revenue because some people go to companies that, that uh, create good service. So, but back to your, what, what you said, in terms of Catholic, I see my role purely as, as getting people to focus on that and thinking about the role that they can uh, do in this whole agenda. Because, look, I've seen, you know, those glaciers shrink. Um, you know, it is happening out there. Uh, we have to do something about it. And, and, and the answers are not at all simple. As I said, you know, I keep saying there's no silver bullet to this and no, and, and certainly I don't have them. Um, but, you know, if, if we've done one thing recently, it's actually uh, being able to escalate this whole uh, issue on the, uh, the public agenda because everybody can do something. And, uh, but, you know, things come with a cost as well. And, mm. and you know, this, this shift from headlines to doing is going to come up at cost. And one of the things that's come out of the, the government's, um, you know, recent announcements is, you know, th there will be someone needing to pay for all this. Mm. So, um, and obviously, the more everyone can do to help this uh, in, 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 in simple ways, and a big favourite of mine is look local, buy local, you know, um, avoid transport costs, those sort of things. That's what people can do. Rachel Jones, Chief Executive, Act on Energy. Um, let's zoom right in then to householders. So the people who are coming to you... How focused are they on retrofit or the idea they could do more to their homes or are they just trying at the moment to deal with higher electricity and gas bills? The latter, actually, yeah. at the moment. I would say 99.9% .9 of our calls are all on people around who are struggling, really. It's more mm -hmm. around the fuel poverty agenda at the moment. That's their big challenge. And so for us, it's about addressing that crisis need now mm -hmm. and then working with that resident long term. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that everything at the moment is very bit of a sticking plaster with the so you know here's some vouchers, which is great and brilliant from a short term point of view. But actually what we will need to do is 
work on that sticking plaster and actually really look at a whole house approach and actually right okay let's sort this you know your boiler's broken let's get that sorted now that's your immediate crisis and then really let's look at how we're going to move forward over the next five ten years with that person so it's, it's a long-term relationships with people which is a total different way of working yeah. everything in the past has been very much based on you know talking to people you refer them on and off they go but now it's a, a longer process particularly moving to new technologies where the explanation you need to you know for Don't working make with people explain heat pumps no, no 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 so no. The, the thing that interests me you mentioned uh, <laughs> he's going to kick me under the table the you mentioned retrofit and that's a term i think we're going to hear more often and I think what's interesting about that is the concept. The A thing people don't realise just how much of the emissions of this country do come from heating our homes, our homes in general. Now, retrofit is a big term there, and you said it could be a 25-year project. So what would be a small start to a retrofit project? Where would you like to get with somebody's house? In an ideal world. In, in, in an I- ideal world, you'd, you'd completely reduce the sort of carbon impact of that property. So mm. you'd, you'd, you'd super insulate it so that it required very little energy. So there'd be very little need for heating. Um, so really, the, the first place to start is what we've called the fabric of the building. Would always be the first point to start with. So really going back to what Councillor Court was saying, it's about reducing the energy you're using as a householder, but also really trying to wrap that house up, keeping it warm and cosy, um, so you're using less of the energy. But the thing is, of course, if you've got like a row of terraced houses, you don't want to do the one, do you? You need to do the row. You, you want to do all of them, uh, and that's that's the challenge, because not only have you got the challenge of actually just insulating them, but obviously you potentially are changing the look of mm. that street scene. So when I don't come, think people realise that could be coming. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the big things because you can't put a heat pump in a property that's poorly insulated because yeah, no it's there's no point the energy bills will be colossal for that that yeah. householder so you're looking at the, the the thermal fabric of the building as a start of a tent and one of the biggest challenges i think for the for the uk is our buildings and the houses particularly because we've got some beautiful stunning looking properties and yeah. we've got to make some really hard decisions about how we change the look over from an external or internal because internally obviously you're going to you're going to potentially make the room smaller or more support you've got to move things around you know you've got to do quite invasive work yeah. so there's some quite tough decisions really about what's going to be acceptable and what isn't so there's some real conversations i think early doors around planning I think planning's probably the big one. You see, that's interesting. Phil McDermott, um, City Energy Transformation Lead Empath. Still don't know what that title means. No, I get that title now. But that's the thing. You've gone very quickly. We've been talking about retrofit. Mm. And then suddenly you're looking at streetscapes and bigger things. And that's the kind of where you start to come in. Absolutely. And it's quite a big change for people. It's going to be expensive. And it could really change how places look and what they're like it's yeah it's, it's absolutely huge and it's and it, when you peel, peel back the layers of it there's actually a number of different sort of sectors in that in that in that market that we need to look at and address separately so you've got we've obviously got people in who own their who own their own homes um mm-hmm. who are you know where, where they're seeing cost of the cost of energy increasing and they've got to make a, a decision about actually how do they address how can they help you know what can they do to address that how, and how can we help them to address that then you've got you've got social housing um and uh you know actually how can we work with the local authority and, and rachel and her company uh, and others to actually in, you know to to improve the quality of the housing stock but how can we do that in an innovative way mm-hmm. where we can actually utilize 
some of the funding available from you know uh, you, the the, uh, the 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 housing fund itself for for, all, for ongoing maintenance. Combine that potentially with private finance. There's things like there's things you so can think do carefully with the funding because you could save money long term. That maybe absolutely. you can use those savings to fall back into. I That's mean, the, the, there's, there's quite a lot we can do there, but it's also about actually how do you use the the local characteristics and the local energy resources in the most effective way. So there mm. won't be the same solution for every neighbourhood or for every you know, area. It'll all be different depending on actually, is, it, is there a heat network nearby? Is our heat pump suitable? Is there another form of heating that is, is, that is better? Isn't it interesting? Because like, it's all been about heat. Uh, listeners, this was the week where everything was about heat pumps and the government. But actually, they're not the right solution in some cases. Don't work. Other stuff needs to yeah. There's a lot of nodding around the table. Um, Councillor Courts, though, planning. That's you guys. Are you ready for some of these changes that might happen to, uh, no. to the town? We're, we're, we're not ready in, in terms of a planning regime. I mean, I, I just want to pick on a couple of things that have been said. And, and one of the dilemmas that we have at the moment is all around this table, we're trying to uh, preach the need uh, to reduce energy. And, and w w what happened when the, um, the fuel crisis, you know, everybody was queuing up. Um, they're so dependent on it. So that there's an issue there. Probably that one's more relevant for transport. Um, but one of the pleas I have, um, not answering your question, but, <laughs> I, you know, have be politician, you can't always answer he the question. He gets one or two ways with answers. Um, one of the pleas I have, and I make no secret about this, is the need for longer-term uh, funding, because mm. what was said earlier was uh, an issue about um, retrofit. Mm. And, you know, it's 56% uh, of our greenhouse gas emissions come from the energy use uh, in our buildings. Okay, I've just quoted that. Now, it's roughly 50% of that is... Um, is domestic and residential and this issue of terraced houses is quite interesting i'm from the building trade anyway and you know there, there's a, a real difficulty about you know getting the quantity of trades we need to do some of this work and my plea to ask government is let's give get some stability uh, and planning i mean the, the in the wmca the combined authority we're saying give us a five-year funding program for retrofit because if if i am a um um you know, a, a contractor. I, I want to take on and train apprentices, uh, plumbers, and why, but I can't do it on the basis of a of a twelve month um, uh, funding uh, mm. window. Uh, in the combined authority, we're proposing to uh, have what we call a neighbourhood. Uh, pilot for uh, retrofit now it's not just retrofit we're looking at uh, various measures uh, that can be taken to um, bring about the energy a better energy efficient in housing it could be a number of things and and Rachel's referred to to some of those because because you know I don't think it's going to be the same thing for every house I think mm. you can get two identical fairly new houses and they'll still be different because we the first thing we do when we get a house is change it don't mm. we uh, in some way or other. So what we need, and I'm going back to what I said right at, right at the beginning about scale, what we need is to fasten on those uh, solutions that we can deliver retrofit and energy efficiency at scale. Uh, and they, it'll be a menu, possibly, you know, mm. of, of things. And that's what we've got to do. And the Combined Authority pilot looks at um, how, we can, uh, how we can do that. Um, Rachel Jones of Act on Energy, I mean... This is the other thing. I mean, clearly, you know, most of the people coming to you are still focused on they can't pay their bills. But you were talking there about a 25-year plan for somebody's home. 
the council courts makes the interesting point that perhaps we don't have the people to carry out any of these uh, retrofits that we want. We're not training enough people. I mean, how easy is it to put that kind of plan in place if you were able to or if you could do it? I think capacity is a big issue at yeah. the moment. I think um, really the biggest problem we have is there's an awful lot of schemes and an awful lot of funding that's been has come out from central government, which is fantastic, but it's all quite quick. And it's all got to be spent by in quite a small period of time. Mm. Um, a lot more nodding around the table. And the problem is, then you've got, and, and as it's across the entire country, the capacity issue is the biggest one. You know, lack of supply chain, so big problems there. You know, there's not enough, there's not enough supply chain. Um, retrofit assessors still a relatively new um, to the market, the skill yeah. set. So I'm not sure the exact number of how many trained, but we. You know, there's probably I think the academy to train them is in the Midlands somewhere. Yes, it remember. is. Yeah, yeah. The retrofit academy is fantastic, um, but we're still only looking at perhaps a few hundred trained, as we probably need thousands trained. Mm. But a lot of people are very, very cautious about jumping into the market because what has happened previously with, I don't like to say the word green deal, um, but other schemes where it's been there's been money thrown at it, then it's been pulled, mm. and so I think particularly from the contractors, they're quite reticent to to really go for it because they're just very concerned about it all disappearing and so I think that's one of the the challenges that we're we're really looking at so we really need that long term I mean the the green homes grants that uh, we've been talking about they're guaranteed till 2023 so we know that funding is going to be in in place for um, local authorities to deliver those schemes which is which is great but it's sort of what happens post that and really to be honest these schemes themselves are quite challenging it takes a good six eight 10 months to really get them up and running and going mm. uh, particularly when you're working to new policy uh, and also it's not only the skill set within the industry but also the skill sets within local authorities um, you know there just is not the same number of bodies that there used to be um, um, you mm. know on this agenda area so and, and that's a real challenge across not just the, the Midlands or across Soli Hill but across the country you know working with a number of local authorities Across the UK, everyone is having the same, same challenge. Uh, Phil McDermott of Empower, lots of nodding there. So your mm. scale, a bit really big scale, mm. same kind of issues. Do you, are you, is it hard to get the grants you want? Do you need grants? Yeah, absolutely. You need I mean, I think yeah, absolutely. I think I think that I mean some of the topics we just described kind of lead on to you know talking about the, the practicalities of how do we do you know large scale programs? How do we provide certainty for organisations for investors? for you know for, for local for the local supply chain how do we grow that and actually um the government have come out with a couple of interesting things this week around um their you know heat and building strategy but also the net zero strategy where they started to talk about actually the importance of of the fact that um you know the biggest polluters will pay the most for this and the most vulnerable will be protected um and the government will work with businesses to to to, to reduce costs but actually what's needed is a much more sort of uh, wider and, and comprehensive public-private partnerships, in our view, mm. uh, which, which, um, some of which we can, we can look to do now around creating you know, a, a long-term partnership that brings in the best of uh, you know, the local uh, authority or the city where they can bring um, access to, uh, certainly I know social housing would be a great example, they can bring access to, to planning and, and, uh, and, and local regulation, but also access to stock that we can then look to work with them to upgrade, but do it on a much larger scale mm. over over a long period. So that that then creates a whole program of work that can be done, that can access private investment as well as public mm. sector grants and loans. Because at the moment, 
only a combination of those is is is, is going to work in terms of how we can do that yeah. without further support from the government. So there are there are opportunities there, but it takes a lot of work to get them going. Yeah. I think and I think that's the thing is is but to but to but the right thing is to organise that and set that up for the long term so that we can because we are going to this is going to take years to do this, mm. but we have to start now. So that's it, councillor courts, isn't it? As a politician, once again, I mean, I know you move in quite high political circles. Do you get any sense that there is a kind of long-term overarching plan here to tackle um, everything that needs to be done around sort of energy and housing stock and these kind of important issues? It does feel a little bit piecemeal still. Uh, well, to, to a certain extent, there's a piecemeal uh, approach to it. But, uh, you know, the work we're doing both in the council and the combined authority is quite firm in terms of we, ha- we, we have a plan. We mm. have a firm plan. It may need resources to deal with some of that. But in some cases, it needs um, it does need planning. Um, uh, it needs planning. And why I referred to the uh, the need for, co- for, for security of finance sources, as I mentioned, because people aren't going to invest in the extra trades without security. Of, of, of that. But um, I referred to a neighbourhood pilot earlier on, and one of the important things about this is, you know, retrofit is about people's lives. Mm. It's about their properties. It's fine to say, well, I'll retrofit your house. But actually, uh, there's a financial element, and we need to explore and are exploring those financial solutions. But there's also a people element, you know. Um, there are vulnerable people out there. Part of the skill is how we tackle that and bring people around to saying well you, you know this will be good for you uh, as, as opposed to actually just saying well you know do you know what I've got something here you should be doing that isn't the way of doing it you know we need to take people with us on the whole of this uh, this, this journey. Um, Rachel Jones of Act on Energy do you feel your clients who are coming to you are interested in all this if you pitch this to them or are they just much more focused on the short term at the moment? At the moment, I would say probably the short term, although they are, there's an awful lot of press at the moment around uh, COP26. Mm. And so they are interested, but I think there's a massive issue about what does that really mean? We talk a lot about zero carbon and net zero carbon. And I think for most people, I don't know what that is. Um, so there's a huge piece of work that needs to be done around, I think they, even this sounds complicated, talk about carbon literacy. And you're like, what? Um, but actually, I think there's a big piece around that. Because for a lot of people, they don't know what that means. What's that mean to me? I don't really understand what zero carbon means. And I don't think a lot of us probably around this table can really define exactly what that actually mm. is. And so I think there's a, a piece that we need to do around there about some simple things that people can do that they actually feel confident it's going to make a difference to their lives, but also to that wider, that wider piece. So, what's the sort of first step? Do you think for somebody if they've come to talk to you, what would you suggest to them? Well, the first thing we would normally do is have a discussion around what they're currently doing. So, it's really looking at your current usage, really talking to them about the house. So, it's really about the house. How you use your home, really? So, how are you using it? How many of you are living in it? You know, have you got you know a great big house that you're still living in and you're on your own um because that's that's really quite common that's sort of what we'd call under occupancy mm. um, but that house is a house that's got lots of memories and, and that's that's a real challenge um you know what you know are you a person that so you're an older person and the whole thought of having some different technology in your house scares the living daylights out of you i mean there's a massive issue around the sort of technology and sort of digital exclusion elements and it's about all of those having that that in-depth conversation with somebody to really find out what they need what they would like to have Mm. and then really having discussions about let's start with some small steps so it might be actually something really simple like loft insulation but they've never done it because there's loads of stuff up in the loft is it even today people oh yeah there's still lots of stuff in people's lofts um there's still a lot of people that have not had their loft insulated because 
it's got all their me- memories up there and they've just you know they can't don't want to deal with it or in the case of my mother-in-law it's probably got three or four houses up there in the loft <laughs> um you know and, it, and it's a lot it's a lot for someone to deal with emotionally um as well as actually having the, the physical ability to do it so that's that's one side mm. um there is still a lot of houses that have not had some of the basic measures there really um they're smaller but there is still loft and cavity walls that have not been insulated and then it's talking to people about the more complex measures so you know actually the external wall insulation you know that that solid wall insulation what does that mean what does that look like so this is when you put something on the outside of somebody's house you put something on the outside of that and and, and the regulations keep do change quite regularly at the moment there's some quite a lot of complexity around that where people are going well will you have to dig anything up or you know, what's it going to look like? Am I going to have to have scaffolding? I mean, do, I mean the trouble with retrofit is just one poor install can oh, really yeah. cause a nightmare yeah. for on a much bigger scale. Yeah. can put a lot of people off. It does, and that's the thing, I think, from um, which is why the standards have changed and why there's a Trustmark standard to, for the work uh, to be delivered to, yeah. which is really, really important. It came mm. out of the um, Every Home Counts um, from, a, or I think it's probably back in 2015, 16, I think, time. So there's a lot of that there, which is really, really important um, to protect consumers and make sure so there is a foundation installed. there. Yeah. I mean, Phil McDermott from Empower, I mean, this emotional thing about taking people with you, when you're doing much bigger schemes, how do you get buy-in? Or if, if, if every place is a slightly different solution, how do you arrive at that choice? How do you take people with you? Yeah, absolutely. It's about engaging the community and the different communities that are involved in those schemes. Um, and, you know, and, and there are different ways that, that we look to do that. I think, you know, certainly when we look at um, towns, cities, regions, what's important is that we're able to um, involve people in that decision-making process. So we were able to set up things like consultative forums where people and communities and community groups actually have a say in how changes are going to be made, have an influence on that, can actually, you know, provide their input into the design ideas all the way through to the, you know, to the completion. But also what can be really interesting as well is if we can get communities actually engaged and involved in generating their own energy mm. um, and actually taking a role in doing that and feeling like they've got control over it. But it also then seeing that that contributes to the local energy system because the community community energy groups themselves um, there's some really enthusiastic people out there that, that have got a lot of knowledge that can, can they can bring mm. to that and really make a difference locally but that can really help to stimulate interest from the wider local community in terms of what they can do themselves to make a real difference and it and it goes beyond just generating energy into actually how can you make greener safer nicer places to be in that actually have a positive impact on people's mental health and physical health uh, and that that whole environment comes into this it's not just about the technology or the you know all the so it's a holistic kind of whole absolutely i have to say councillor courts i didn't think we get quite so emotional about energy i'm quite surprised well energy embraces everything doesn't it uh-huh. i mean that's it, we talk about it as a subject but uh, it you know it embraces people's lives and we both uh, uh, understand that uh, and and we all know that uh, you know we talk about carbon emissions uh, and and fundamentally we we need to reduce the carbon emissions but but we need more energy you know, we need both of those things. So there's, you know, over the next few years, we've got to make that strong transition. Uh, and, you know, both in terms of reducing uh, avoidable energy, but also uh, switching to what you'd say clean, uh, is cleaner energy. Mm. And, uh, you know, when we talk about transport, uh, we know it's heavily linked with pollution as well, you know. So this is a journey. I mean, what, what you're hearing today is is um, great advice, frankly, uh, that, that was coming from uh, Rachel. Um, but, but, you know, Phil, what, the technical aspect of this is really... 
uh, it was really great and I'm so pleased to, that, that we've been able to have you know a discussion like this uh, where every every facet of this energy uh, problem has been addressed Yes, I have to say I have learned an awful lot at Council Courts, Mints and Transport there. That is the subject of our next podcast. But for now, I think that's a good place to pause this discussion. Um, Councillor Ian Courts, as ever, holding courts, still pushing for that to be the title of this podcast. Uh, thank you very much for helping us uh, come together. Rachel Jones, Chief Executive at On Energy, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been absolutely fascinating. And Phil McDermott, City Energy Transformation Lead Empower, I get it now. And I, I think it's really interesting how you two at either end of the scale sort of come together and you're both facing very similar issues. Um, it's been a fascinating discussion. Thank you very much for listening to us. As Councillor Courts uh, intimated, uh, next we're talking transport. But for now, I'm David Gregory Kumar and we'll hear you next time.